discussing Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 5, The Whomping Willow. I'm your host, Madison. And I'm Rebecca. Here we are. We're going to Hogwarts, but it's kind of a mess in a fun a way. tricky. <laughs> um, we have a nice variety. We have Weasleys, we have teachers, we have all kinds of people here for our MySpace Top 8, and I don't think Snape makes it on to this Top 8. I think mm, he will never make it on to the Top 8. I don't think so. Nope. Uh, I refuse. Even when we get to, like, Spinner's End, we'll just yep. have to make something up because it doesn't matter that nobody I'd else... i just delete my MySpace if he's the only one on there. <laughs> Uh, we're having an emo day where there's no one on our top eight. It's just just get rid of that little widget. Uh, <laughs> there's no friends. <laughs> I mean, after Order of the Phoenix, you know, that's Harry. Yeah, that's, that's his mood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we do have Ron, who um, is sort of the mastermind behind this chapter's hijinks, and. I feel like he's probably up at the top for the yeah. top eight this week. Yeah, Ron is, um, Ron and Harry are just <laughs> sidekicking right through this. <laughs> They're making terrible decisions together, and what else could you want as a young boy? I, I can't think Somebody of Somebody to make terrible decisions with. That's all you do, right? Yeah. Thick as thieves. <laughs> That's a phrase. Um, that so is, we got yeah. Ron. So the question is, who else is Harry happy with this chapter? Because I guess we do see like Dean and Seamus as well, and mm-hmm. um, I feel and like Neville. and Neville. That's true. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of back to like the normal Hogwarts crew. So um, yes. it's almost like who would be the standard top eight for Harry at this point? Yeah, I agree. I think, um, with the exception of Hermione, because she's, uh, she's kind of killing their buzz a little bit. <laughs> she, uh, she knows the password. Yeah. Helps them get in. But, um, <laughs> that's, about, that's about it for this chapter. I think that, um, she's not going to help them feel better about their, their guilt that they're feeling. No. And as soon as they walk into the common room and have all the boys there, <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's what really turns it around. So I think it's just going to be a, it's just going to be a section full of the boys so i would say the roommates mm-hmm. so i would say yeah both of them and then neville's just like awed by yeah. them just like yeah. that's the coolest thing that's ever happened you do it? <laughs> yeah. so we have um, ron dean seamus um neville the- i'd throw neville in there just to yeah you always want a hype man in there <laughs> he's one of the he's one of the boys yeah he's, he's part of that <laughs> that prisoner of Azkaban, we're gonna eat these weird jelly beans scene <laughs> like, turn into trains and lions and um wouldn't you though i I would like. absolutely I would try <laughs> <laughs> um so okay, so we got the we got the Gryffindor second years um mm-hmm. then probably Fred and George, I would say are I probably agree. in there yeah. um, and then maybe. Um, Hermione on that second row somewhere. And then mm-hmm. number eight. I mean, McGonagall kind of kind of came in for them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, she did not punish them nearly as severely as she should have. <laughs> no. Um, Dumbledore, same, though. He also should have put a little more effort into their uh... <laughs> antics into the conversation into the punishment into something he should have put a little bit of thought or care or concern into the whole situation and he didn't really no one was like so you told us why you flew the car but like Mm -hmm. what is it that made you feel like that was the only solution what you know let's let's get let's get behind this the bad behavior has a reason let's figure out what that is what that reason is um, this would be a great a great time to send them to a school counselor. It certainly would. be like this is a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> like if I've ever seen one, this is a cry for help. One of many, and 
Oh, Lord. So I, I think McGonagall could be up in there. I think. I would say either McGonagall or Hedwig would be the two that I. Mm, that's very um, true. Hedwig's pissed. <laughs> Hedwig is pretty pissed. Yeah. On the other hand, what about the car? Can the car be considered a character? I think the car could be considered a character. I mean, she's pretty autonomous. Mm-hmm. Like, and very sentient at this point, I would say. Mm-hmm. So. Concerningly so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, it works out fine, but... <laughs> right. I think um, I mean, the car gets them there. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, that feels like there's a bit of turmoil at the end, but it's not really the car's fault. It's just... And the car comes back on right at the last moment and gets them out of there, so... Yeah. I feel like it's it's a three-way tie between Hedwig the car and McGonagall. Because <laughs> they all have, like, three very different reasons that they could be on there, but I don't know which one which one Harry would go for. I feel like it would have to be Hedwig. Yeah. So, if you're looking at who Harry would actually want up care there. about, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it. And even as a, like, I'm sorry gesture. Because mm-hmm. so. that's... that's been our answer before is as i'm sorry <laughs> just he's put, put her on there before so hedwig <laughs> yeah i think we'd have to go with hedwig yeah cool i think harry would have to go with hedwig yeah just for Not basic... necessarily our opinion but <laughs> yeah, decency demands that harry choose hedwig so yes sweet <laughs> there's our top eight we got him nailed it jump to patronus fuel because this chapter is just such such Harry Potter vibes the whole way through. Like, <laughs> I love the, like, at the beginning of the road trip, they're just like, all right, we got toffee. We got the open sky in front of us. We're just going to, we're so cool flying to school. <laughs> like, that feeling you get, like, the first time you have, like, a road trip with a friend or something. Just. It's, oh, it's the Carry On sequel. Yeah. Uh, Wayward That's Son. That's what it is. Yes. This was Wayward Son. <laughs> It was. It was exactly that. And they're cute. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, the the road trip got uncomfortable at the end there with the You know, being nearly murdered by a tree. You know, the toffee was making them thirsty. (laughs) But I don't know. They're just, there's, it felt like something that felt really like human and connected about that experience. This like, we're going to go have fun. You know, it's more like when you're in high school and there's nothing to do, so you just, like, drive around with somebody and mm-hmm. get into different different hijinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they fucking land and they get upstairs in the common room, like, it it would be very James and serious to, like, do it on purpose. Like, we're going to look so cool because of this. And they have, like, a little bit of those thoughts, like, yeah, we're going to land smoothly on the lawn but then when they get there and everyone still applauds them, even though they get in trouble, like, they're just, everyone's like, I can't believe you did this. And they're like, yes, we are so like, cool. Totally. Like, we just planned this whole thing. <laughs> the Weasley twins are so just funny. mad. Like, why didn't you take us? Why couldn't we come? Like, we, we got stuck. We're not going to get into the details yet. But... We we haven't even had time to process that, like, there's something, like, terrifying and mysterious happening already to Harry. He can't get through. It doesn't even have to do with Voldemort yet. It's just Dobby. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, Harry never even stops to consider it. Mm -hmm. Like, they both are just like, oh, man, this sucks. Like, what are we going to do now? Have to get to school. Like, is this really the priority of 11, like, 12-year-old boys? Really, they're just like, we really have to get to school. It's an emergency. We're not going to be at school tonight. Like... No, absolutely not. <laughs> they would stay at the burrow longer. Like for Harry, that would be paradise. Just a little longer I, with yeah. the Weasleys. I mean, I know he loves Hogwarts and stuff, and like you miss the feast or whatever. But like, still, you're—they're children. They're very young still. Like, still very, very young. <laughs> Getting homework be... sooner. Yeah, I just no. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't buy it either. And then Hedwig is screaming at them, literally just being like, send me, send me to tell people it did not open. Like, I can just feel, as she's screaming at them, the thing, 
Just like she's so clearly trying to get them to be just like, <laughs> think about it for a second. I can fly and deliver mail very quickly. Can we consider? Bada bing. And they're just like, oh, man, we gotta just throw her in the car. Let's go. <laughs> Like, fuck, what are we going to do? Like, because they don't know how to ask for help. Bless them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Which is um, sad. It is. To be fair. But also, I mean, they're just dumb kids is the other thing. Yeah. This is just what, I mean, honestly, this is a very, like, a very childish solution to the problem. So in some ways, like, everyone getting mad at them, it's like, Okay, but, like, they are 12, so. Yeah, but, like, if you had a 12-year-old and he, like, you didn't come back in time, like, from going out to get coffee or something, and, and he was like, I gotta get to school, I better steal mom's car. <laughs> like, it's still an extremely inappropriate response. It is. Just because but... they're a kid and don't make good choices in the first place doesn't mean it's okay to make incredibly terrible decisions. No, and I feel like I would probably be like, okay, what did I do to fuck this up? Because I'm the parent. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's not the response. No, nobody ever has that response, and it's so frustrating. <laughs> but this is Patronus fuel. This is happy. <laughs> it so always doesn't make sense to me, though, why hearing one went through supposed to be going through after everyone else in the first place. I was thinking that too! In the first book, Molly and Arthur and Ginny all went through after the kids with all of their stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that Molly and Arthur want to go through Ginny. Why not go through after everybody? Same with the, like, with the flu powder. They went through after all the kids had gone through. After Harry had gone through. So why in this one instance? It's just because it's convenient, basically, for the writing. <laughs> That's the children only reason. First, it's just it makes no like, sense. Why put all of your kids no. except for two of the youngest ones through, <laughs> and then just <laughs> ditch them, and then not turn around when they don't come through? I, it doesn't make and, like sense. were they blocked? We don't. We never find out. It but just... they could have apparated. <laughs> They could have. There are so many things they could have done. They could have apparated before they left, before they got out of the parking lot in the car. They could have been back there. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's... It's just, it's designed just to be a fun little thing. (laughs) I know. Antics. (laughs) But it should still make sense, and it doesn't, and that kind of bugs me. There's not... it, It makes you wish there was more... I don't know. Consistency, creativity with how it yeah. was presented because it just it doesn't have to be this way. I need a shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> I think to be fair, there's no logical route that she could have gone to make this make sense. No. There's nothing that she could have changed to make them showing up in the car make sense. <laughs> no. There's so she just was like, well, let's just do it anyway. <laughs> For fun. For With fun. Them, uh, it is uh, fun, and I have to give her that. But It is. It becomes a great fun chapter of toffee and sweaty t-shirts <laughs> and <laughs> crutches into terrifying it's vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, what's nice is that it's one of those chapters where it's like, when you've read the books over and over again, you can see how things are planned in advance because the Whomping Willow is important. So, you know, it's it's important through the whole yeah. rest of the series. It's in like every book. So, yeah. Yeah. As it should. Mm-hmm. Love a good tree. You love a good plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to grow a Whomping Willow and then put it outside my house and then no one would be able to come in without a stick. <laughs> Except for cats. Except for cats. Mm-hmm. Which is all part of the plan. <laughs> Um, any other? I still understand why Snape though is all defensive of the tree because that later makes no sense at all. I mean, it's just like you damaged the sacred, wonderful tree. I'm just like you hate that tree. Do you? What sentimental attachment do you have to this tree? It, like, except that it's a symbol for one of your many grudges. I... Yeah, and it—you almost died from it. <laughs> he makes no sense. 
do you do you have any more Patronus fuel? Because otherwise, we can just rip no, into. No, we're snake. getting into we're getting into less good things. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the perfect time to segue. <laughs> we've we've had a slow descent into our enchantingly nasty. So like, uh, Snape, God, Snape, yep, he's back. <laughs> we hate it. <laughs> of course, it's like. I love the part though where they're just like maybe he got kicked out and like like maybe he like quit because he didn't get the job he wanted or maybe whatever because I'm just like yeah maybe he did <laughs> like that'd be great and then he's just right behind him and I hate it so much it, that there's one of the worst feelings in the world is like when somebody who you don't like catches you doing something wrong like yeah that that when a teacher you don't like like sees you breaking a rule or something because then it's like oh fuck now they get to feel now i know that they are a little bit justified in whatever they're about to do they have mm-hmm. it's just like, no <laughs> i wish it'd been flitwick or somebody who would be like hey don't do that come back or here McGonagall, why wasn't mcgonagall looking for them because dumbledore notices hmm harry and ron aren't here better send my fucking errand boy to go find them <laughs> That's true. McGonagall had more important things. To do. <laughs> she usually does. Snape is the Snape's useless. Let's just make him do it. I oh, know. It's like, oh look, like remember that that woman who you say you loved? Her son's missing. <laughs> All right, chop chop. Time to earn your keep. Snape, go go find him. It... And so he's there. It's silly. That's silly. He's enjoying. I don't, himself. I don't even think that Dumbledore noticed though. I think Snape just did it on his own because he's always <laughs> trying to stare at Harry. Yeah. And he's always, he's just like, he's not here. <laughs> he just immediately, <sighs> didn't tell Dumbledore, didn't tell anybody else that these kids are missing. He's just like, I'm going to find him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless the, I wonder if the day, like the evening daily prophet, if it came out while they were still in the car. So they all saw yeah. like flying Fort Anglia and they're like, oh shit. Oh yeah. shit. That, that's kind of fun to think about though. Like all the teachers in the staff room, like, oh no. Oh, this I bet bad. they. I bet they didn't know what it was though, because they didn't. I don't think Snape made the connection until he saw that the card crashed on on the property. Mm, he saw the true. damaged tree and everything. I can't get over how much Snape enjoys this moment. It it just is so yeah. gross to me how he's yeah. like because the kids yeah. aren't old enough for that kind of crap yet. No. Like, it reminds me of just, like, middle school teachers who are just, like, super harsh on you. And I just, like, I know middle school kids are assholes, but, like, you're still an adult. Like, Mm -hmm. and to be able to just talk to a child that way is kind of concerning. Yeah. On a lot of different levels. Some some middle school teachers are, like, it's like they're there because they are still acting like middle schoolers. And middle schoolers... No offense, they can be the I worst. hate to say because that's a rough job. I would not want to teach middle school kids. No. And there are a lot of wonderful middle school teachers. But every now and then there was a couple that were not cut out for it. Mm-hmm. I got called a slut by one of my middle school teachers in class in front of everybody. So oh, wow, that's a good look. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh um, my god. <laughs> I had a great science teacher in middle school. Like, there's really great middle school teachers. There are. So and they're very very important because that's the time when you need a good teacher. Seriously, because no time is weirder than middle school. Like, Mm-mm. be it be it like internally, romantically, friendship wise. Like, yeah, it's all just a disaster, mm-hmm. and everyone's mean. Yes, and everyone's grumpy, and they don't understand what's happening, <laughs> and it's just it's terrible. I know. <laughs> It's like three full years of Order of the Phoenix angst. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's... Oh, it's the worst. Oh, man. <laughs> we have a lot of feelings about middle school, apparently. I do. I have I have deep, deep <laughs> troubles from middle school. Seriously, though. Like... It was horrible. So middle school's weird, and Snape is a bad middle school teacher. Yeah. So at Accio Fandom this week, we have an amazing song by an amazing rock band that is so perfectly relevant to this week's chapter that we we could not ask for anything better literally yes um honestly i mean i think anytime we use a rids of rock song it's always incredible just because mm-hmm. there's just so many good rock yeah. songs but 
Your Flying Car by the Whomping Willows is so on brand and on topic mm-hmm. right now. It's more on topic than we are, and that's not saying a lot, <laughs> but it's very helpful because we could use a little bit of on topicness right. here. It's it's told from the perspective <laughs> of the Whomping Willow, which, like, I love. That's just so creative and fun because I I want more songs where plants are the ones singing them. <laughs> I do. I love the whole, like, trend within Wizard Rock of it being, like, from different characters of, like, Harry and the Potters, Drake and the Malfoys, like, um, the Moaning Myrtles and all those things. Um, but the Whomping Willows is just like its own category i feel it that's such a like great idea <laughs> i love it it really so is <clears throat> it's because it is so a, the, it's the a last... very important the, the willow is a very important character in the series it's there from book two on we are mm-hmm. intertwined with the we, we have video on zencaster now so you can't see me intertwining <laughs> my hands but that's what i'm doing um, what do they say? We have, oh, Weasley, oh, Ronald Weasley, I'd like to burn a curse on your whole family. You're insulting my dignity when you hit me with your flying car. Like, that, it almost, it's, like, the lyrics feel so doo-woppy. <laughs> Doo-wop. Uh, so that's great. Go listen to it. We'll have a link um, to the lyrics, and you can easily find the song being performed on YouTube. Um, go listen to your daily rock Get your vitamins because it's good for you. <laughs> uh, radio announcer Maddie's. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm animated because we're on video now, so it's like. <laughs> <laughs> there's a um, there's a Twitter. No, there's a podcast. I think that's um, like a radio station wizard rock radio station kind of thing. Um, I haven't listened to them yet, but they're cool. And I follow them on that Twitter. What a fun um, yeah. idea. It's WZRD Radio Podcast. Ooh. Your Wizard, wa- Wizard, Wizard Rock Radio Show. Hell yeah. How fun is that? <sighs> that's... Oh, that makes me so that's happy. Because cool. that's like... Somehow the, the rock aspect of it always seems to tie the fandom together in this really beautiful mm-hmm. way. Because of how, like... It's one of those things that I feel like is what makes the Potter fandom a little bit different. I don't know many other fandoms that have bands, like yeah. successful musicians arising from. Um, Doctor Who mm-hmm. has Trock. Trock. Time Wizard Rock. That's awesome. Um, I haven't heard any of it in the last 10 years because that's when I stopped listening to it. <laughs> but um, it might still exist. It could. It could still exist. So, okay, justice. We have some school-related justice issues where, like, we have Harry and Ron getting punished for stealing their parents, or stealing the Weasley's car and flying it to school. And this is one of the, I guess compared to Sorcerer's Stone, like, I felt like a lot of the punishment in the last book was disproportionate, obviously, you know, getting thrown into the forest where the scary monsters are. It was a little extreme. <laughs> um, yeah, they do rein in the punishment a little bit, but yeah, the, the crime's worse, so I don't know why mm-hmm. now we're reining in. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Probably because uh, Draco complained to his dad and now they have rules. They have to like, follow rules. You can't punish kids with things that can kill them. Which, you know, generally fuck lucius malfoy but at least he cares about his child yeah, like sometimes in in some ways <laughs> occasionally he's like i'm the one who gets to hurt my child not you <laughs> oh, ouch <laughs> it's sad but it's true <laughs> yeah um but like i feel like generally this is a pretty reasonable response you know we have they did something illegal and crashed into a valuable tree and they got detention and didn't lose house points. So, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like maybe more, maybe less, depending on your perspective. But this is a strange moment where I'm looking at the administration and I'm like, okay, you didn't totally fail on this one. 
I think that they were kind of trying to play into the the idea that the kids weren't at school when they made the decision. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, like I see not doing the house points thing just because it's not quite fair to punish the other students for it. Right. Because it wasn't something that happened on school grounds. It wasn't breaking a school rule. It was breaking the law. <laughs> um, but also, that would kind of bring into question why the school is the one to conduct punishment anyway. It's a good question. Why isn't the ministry involved here if they were just involved for a floating pudding? Yeah. I so. mean, the other question is, why was the, the warning for the floating pudding, why was that just, like, you won't be able to go to Hogwarts or something like that? Like... The way that school is intertwined with the law is so strange to me. Yes. Because, like, when you think about... You can't just not teach... Yeah, you, like, you can't just not have a kid be in school and have that be a punishment. Exactly. Like, that's not... It makes no sense. So, it's like, are they... How connected is Hogwarts to the, like, the legal system in that would it be better for Hogwarts to punish Harry for doing magic outside of school would it be better to turn all punishment over to the ministry? Not if Umbridge is the one doing it, obviously, but like, you know, the the system they have doesn't, it's not consistent at all. No. So I would yeah. keep breaking rules because I wouldn't know what the rules were. <laughs> so Yeah, it's very unclear. And there's no like, there should be like a juvenile like court system because mm-hmm. there's no way. That when there's kids like Fred and George, <laughs> there's no way that kids aren't breaking the law. Yeah. Like, there's just no way. Kids break the law. It happens constantly. <laughs> Fred and George like, do. We like... already talked about them. <laughs> They use <laughs> test subjects for their snacks. <laughs> like... Yeah. So why is there not a juvenile court system? Uh... Why is there not, like, a whole ministry, like, department for children? And care of children and stuff like that. There should be. There should. And there's just not <laughs> at all. And it's, it feels like, like as, as proportional as I think this is like better than before, it still just feels really strange to like send these kids to, oh, you know, you're breaking the school rules. School rules. You can't do that. No, 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 no. You can't do that. When literally the year before, they were the only people paying attention to the mass murderer trying to steal the, you know, the, the ring of power, Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> and so they had to break the rules to save everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, it just, there's a lot of inconsistencies. Yes. As always. <laughs> it's not uncommon. It's just something I'm still mad about. Because well, it's it's clearly affecting the story and the way these characters are responding to like yeah like I I love Hermione so much but sometimes when she's like it's the rules it's like but is it because I'm not sure what the rules are. The, yeah, it, like nobody ever lays out for Harry what these like the laws of underage magic. Like he talks about it and he's told like you can't do magic at home. But, like, Ron, like, brings up in this chapter, he's like, no, in case of emergency, under, like, section 19 or something, like, it's fine. So, like, (laughs) there are rules somewhere. Nobody told Harry what any of them are. (laughs) No. And he is held responsible. Like, one of the most, it reminds me of one of the most obnoxious things where there's this, um, there's this law where, like, if you're getting tried in criminal court or something, it's like, ignorance of the law does not mean, like, uh, you're immune from its Except consequences it, yeah. mm-hmm. which sure i oh i didn't know it was illegal to murder somebody well that's yeah. too bad but when when you're yeah. getting to something that's like am i allowed to use magic if a dementor is attacking me if a you know capybara is running through a grocery store and beheading people <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, like somebody already used magic if that's happening <laughs> but (laughs) you know there's it's hard to know and i can't blame i can't blame kids especially harry at this point for like well i'm just gonna try it out because i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble or not yeah Uh, i wonder i'm sure there's a way that privilege is entwined into this and um it's just yeah i mean the the muggle-born kids are just thrown to the wolves seriously for sure because we know that the, the kids who are in magical homes know all of the workarounds for doing magic. Mm-hmm. 
they know that nobody's watching them. They know that they can do things. They can get away with more stuff. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of disparities. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Oh. So that's that's what I had for justice. Do you have any anything to add? Um, I'm still mad about Snape, but I feel like reasonably so. I feel like we've, we've I feel like <laughs> there's going to be a lot of other times to get more into that. <laughs> it's more of a this is like an inspirational anger that just makes me think about everything I'm mad about from my own life. Just like yeah, <laughs> I hate you because it reminds me of this dot dot dot. <laughs> 45 minute tangent <laughs> yeah i think that really just the whole punishment aspect the whole idea of it it's just so arbitrary yes and there's just nothing to like really fully understand it and there it would be so easy to just add that into your magical world of like oh yeah there's a whole department of like taking care of freaking children <laughs> would have solved a lot of other problems along the way too <laughs> a lot of other problems and there's been many probably every single one that we've brought up would be solved by having a department that's just about taking care of these kids because they would immediately be like snape is not allowed to teach <laughs> yeah and the dursleys are not allowed to take care of this child no mm. like a magical little cps exactly yeah we need that Desperately, just something, anything, <laughs> just crumbs. Something like a volunteer group, <laughs> like it doesn't have to be a whole government organization. And like creeping into chocolate with Madame Pomfrey because something like that, I feel like, would help address the fact that you have Harry and Ron who do this super reckless thing. They're like, yeah. "Oh fuck, we're screwed. What are we gonna do?" They panic. And instead of waiting for adults or, like, sending help to adults, they go and try to solve the problem themselves by stealing a car, which, like, is obviously an irresponsible thing to do. But if you had some kind of institution there taking care of kids, then somebody would be asking, why was this their course of action? And, you know, they've both experienced a a trauma, a traumatic event over the last year. And I feel like that has, I mean, one of the biggest things with PTSD is reckless behavior. Like, Mm -hmm. so I'm not, and there are other things like Ron has watched his brothers do this and get away with it multiple times. But like, I feel like the things they have experienced are already impacting the way that they move through the world. And you can't let something like post-traumatic stress go unchecked in kids because it's like it becomes dangerous. We see it gets dangerous for everybody, but mm-hmm. it's stinky. There's um there's a moment whenever McGonagall's talking to them when she basically asks what they were thinking and um and tries to say like why didn't you have the owls come through or whatever and Harry's just like oh man that. Not, as soon as he thinks about it, he's like, that's obvious. And then he starts to say, like, we we didn't think or whatever, something like that. And she says that much is obvious. But if she just said, why didn't you think about it? Like, why was this your... If someone had just really sat with him and then, why was this your response? Mm-hmm. Why did you not look for help? Why did you not ask for help? Why did you not wait for help? Yeah. Then I think that they would have gotten some pretty interesting answers from the kids. Mm-hmm. And I think it, a lot of it would have come back to what happened the year before. Yeah. And that would have given them some insight and maybe been like, oh, these kids maybe need some help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I'm just sending them off in a way right after having a major trauma wasn't the best course of action. Yeah. It's like, it's making me, it's giving me an appreciation for Lupin, which maybe this yeah. is something everybody else saw, but I'm really feeling the impact of it here where having Harry do extra lessons for a Patronus to protect himself from a Dementor, like, they they already need something like this. Like, they need a, you know, they are dealing with mental health problems. And lots, you know, lots of kids deal with mental health problems, whether or not they've murdered a teacher with their bare hands. <laughs> but gotten stabbed by a giant chess piece in a dungeon. <laughs> but, you know, like, you need... 
it, it reminds me of how our education system works in America, where a lot of the well-being of students depends on the ability of teachers to overstretch themselves and go above mm-hmm. and beyond the call of their hours or their responsibilities. Yeah. And um, Well, because like a lot of kids who are diagnosed with things, it's because their teachers recommend yeah. it, the schools recommend it. So teachers are really expected to not only pay attention to kids as far as like making sure that they're learning everything at the same speed, mm-hmm. but they're also expected to just notice absolutely everything about their like social responses and things too. Yeah. So it is a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and a lot of like expectations too. Yeah. That aren't fair. Mm. Oh yeah. It's teachers watch. And that's why like, it just feels so much crueler when you have somebody like Snape there and thinking about like the level of responsibility that teachers are supposed to have that it's like that part of children's well-being is not even being considered here mm-hmm. it's all just part of Dumbledore's plot <laughs> bastard <laughs> we're just supposed to like really really believe that he's planned this out all along and I'm just like just because he planned it out doesn't mean I trust his plan no no because if he really did plan all this out, if this really was the whole plan all along, it's not that <laughs> <No>. good. <laughs> like, bring some other people in. It's a you know, like have a little think tank or something. Exactly. Like, why? He just decided that the only way to do this was to make Harry suffer all these years. <laughs> and like, if that was the conclusion that you came to, why wouldn't you ask for like a second or third or fourth or fifth opinion? <laughs> Does it not? Like anything, it, it feels anything to get another response, right? Like, there's something about it to me that feels like this weird religious message, like yeah. that you must be here to suffer, like that that suffering yeah. is the, and like you know we can get super philosophical and say what if the purpose is suffering of life, but also like maybe that's not one person's decision to make no it really isn't because dumbledore is not god as much as he is the like guiding hands clockmaker person of this series but uh, you don't you don't get to take somebody's life into your hands and suffering (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i just yeah he doesn't make sense. It's it's hard reading these. Like, it, it happened a lot in the last book when I would be like, "Oh fuck!" Like, Dumbledore, you scumbag! I can't believe that I fell for this, and then it's just happening all over again now. It's like, because he's so, he's so. Every time I just like expect him to get better. Like I just expect it to go back yeah. to like trustful, like adult. Like I can trust him with this. And then I'm just like, oh, no, (laughs) this wasn't what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. That's that's exactly what it is. Like, there's this hope, like, okay, maybe in this book it's going to be better. We've started anew. Who even knows what that's going to look like in the next two books? Like, oh. I feel like this whole podcast would be a lot different if we had, like, reread this more. (laughs) (laughs) I know so many people who, like, reread every year and they're like, yeah, I do a reread every summer. I'm just like. That's cool. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have the attention span for that, but that's cool. And I'm just like, I don't remember this. <laughs> I reread it a lot when I was younger, but I've been so, like, yeah, doing fan fiction and, like, mm-hmm. the Lego games and doing consuming it in other ways. Because I think, and now that I'm looking at it, yeah. like, this is, it is painful to go back and experience some of these things with Harry. <laughs> Yeah, because it's not, like, what I've been connecting to all the time. I've just been connecting to, like, the Lego games right. and the fan fiction and the fan art and, like, the conventions and stuff and, like, the parks and, like, all of these fun things. Like, I haven't even, like, read the books in, like, five years. Yeah. And I still, I'm, I talk about it and, it, it you know, <laughs> you would think, I, why am I even reading this if this is how I talk about the books? <laughs> Like, oh, God, this is painful. I hate it. But it's <laughs> it's this weird, because it's the seed of 
everything that has made that has enriched my life so much for the past six years like since mm-hmm. i joined MuggleNet, and it it's just really weird looking back and seeing like oh this part this 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 part kind of sucked this isn't mm-hmm. why i stayed and you know, like if you have plants and they have seeds and you can like use those seeds to make new plants. Um, this is the, you choose the best plants, the ones that are the hardiest, that taste the best, that are, you know, have the least amount of disease. And those seeds, you know, chapters like at Flourish and Blots, um, chapters like Diagon Alley, those are the seeds, you know, the, the ones that we carry over into fandom and we use those to yeah. like grow wizard rock or fan fiction or um you know lego games fan i guess that's more that's kind of an official creation but also <laughs> you know i yeah i mean you gotta fling little lego students off of balconies so i feel like it's pretty separated from the <laughs> yeah that doesn't you could play as voldemort and just kill students running through <laughs> Uh, it's so fun (laughs) i love it i like just shattering plants and i love when like you follow nearly headless nick and then you finally get the little like cheat thing that lets you collect the ghost coins you get a thousand a thousand every time for one of those i miss that game i love that game (laughs) i feel like we're into the pensive already i think so yeah (laughs) This whole episode. I think that's about it. <laughs> that's the whole end of events. Yep, right that's it. The uh, conclusion is we love murdering students <laughs> <laughs> in video games. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think otherwise, then there wasn't like a lot of like meat to this chapter. To be fair, there's not a lot no. of like. There's like little bits of of plot because there's kind of like the whole idea that like the platform was shut that's important later right um the whomping willow being like existing basically <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> is important to know later the, the truck um, especially in the, the next book <laughs> right very important yeah yeah so we get like important like things thrown in mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of like plot development within this chapter and not a lot of like sort of what our meat and potatoes has been is the like mental health stuff and really this was just kind of yeah. stuff happened that was i mean you could talk about the impact of having a car crash but like yeah i mean there's a lot of like things that are could be trauma related and there's a lot of responses that do feel trauma related especially like there was idea of needing to make this decision on their own and just trying to get to school on their own that's not a common decision to make. Yeah. That's not what most kids would decide to do. So there's definitely a lot of like responses that could easily be contributed to having traumatic things in their past. Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of um <laughs> sitting with that. We kind of move on past it really quickly. Yeah. Absolutely. So. That's and that's maybe that's part of what it is. It's when a lot of these chapters there's no chance for somebody to think about like this is my response to something that has happened. It's just it happened, and we're always just yeah. kind of like, okay, this happened. Mm-hmm. Neat. I think that's one of the reasons that it's kind of not super helpful to have from a childhood standpoint. It's the reason you don't really see a lot of the mental health things as a kid until like you're later. I I never considered that the dementors were a representation of depression until i was told it later and i had depression (laughs) (laughs) so like it's not like oh i was like just didn't notice it because i you know didn't struggle with like i was depressed yeah (laughs) i never considered like the connections until i was told about it because it's just these things just happen so fast and they get thrown through Yep. And I was just like, well, Literally. my parents weren't like brutally murdered, so like I'm not gonna hear any screaming with the dementors. I wouldn't have any <laughs> But like it's you know, like you just get thrown past all of the stuff that could be really helpful from a mental health standpoint. And it just um we scooch past it. And I think maybe it's just like yeah. 
they thought it was like a kid's book and they don't want to get too intense or something, but like kids' lives are intense. It's okay to be intense sometimes, especially if you can serious do it in a helpful way and get some like good responses shown, some like actual like helpful <laughs> information <laughs> in there. There's a lot of opportunities like, that were missed. There because the things that like obviously the focus is on grief and death, but like I feel like because of the level of traumatic things that happen just because they're at this school, like that Mm -hmm. to me, I think that was always a lot more impactful for my own mental health experience. Like that Harry was, you know, being abused by his teachers or that, um, you know, there were scary things happening and the adults around him weren't helping him with it. Like that felt Mm -hmm. relevant to me. That felt important. And (laughs) but there's no there's no sense of processing like and what snape is doing to you is wrong um i don't think anybody Mm -hmm. ever says that ever no we're just we're told that it's redeemable basically because he was good all along nobody ever fully acknowledges to harry that snape should not have treated him that way no matter what and he ends up naming his child after him because he literally is so like like gaslit basically into believing that like this was for his own benefit all along like snape's way of talking to him and snape's treatment of him and other students too was not intentionally to help him out all this time there was a couple of things he did to intentionally try to help because he felt guilt right but there none of it was like it wasn't like he spent his whole like, all of Harry's lifetime trying to make amends for this or something like that. It's just not true. No. It's not. <laughs> so, no. So then for Harry to just go and be like, he was the bravest man I ever knew. Like, no, he wasn't. He really like, how was not. Yeah. Like, how brainwashed do you have to be to really believe that this man who's been bullying you as a child. You know, like, think about the teachers that you hated in school. And think about what it would take for you to name your child after them. Never. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, something very bad has to happen for that to be a switch in your brain. Yeah. To turn your teacher bullied from childhood into, like, the bravest man you ever knew and someone you want to name your children after? Absolutely not. It just, there's no way. (sighs) Mad about it. It's so, like, I just, I connect, this is, it's hard when I think about Snape, because Snape reminds me so much of that theater teacher that I had. My theater department was just like Hogwarts. <laughs> there was no accountability. There was no, oh, no. no one was watching out for the students. Literally had a, uh, so it just, I think that it's so fucked up that it's uh-huh. even... And, you know, I think in some ways this may be the central arc of what our podcast is. is like <laughs> watching this Snape and Harry relationship and seeing how horrific it is. And then this climax moment where all of a sudden Harry decides like, no, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't know if it's just watching him die or something that like really tripped him <laughs> right. up. Maybe. Maybe that impacted it. Because like. That's something I can't put myself in his shoes for. Like, I can't imagine watching a man who just got attacked by a giant snake die slowly in front of me while talking about my mother's eyes. Like, I can't put myself in that. (laughs) Never experienced that one. (laughs) Never have, never will, never Mm -hmm. want to. So, you know, maybe there's something about that. Maybe. Maybe it's... uh... Why would Ginny, though? Why would Ginny let a child that she... Carried in her for nine months, be named. It's not even a good name. It's not. It's... No offense, but like any Severus. <laughs> it sounds like it was your parents' fault, not yours. <laughs> like, true. <laughs> oh man. So, what a what a weird place this chapter has taken us to. <laughs> We're just ready about stuff that hasn't even happened. I know. This this feels no connection to the chapter whatsoever. This and that's that's just this place of this chapter though, where it's this like peace holder yeah. where it's moving things. Like it's like a 
you know, it's like the wheel is getting mm-hmm. pushed. So it's like, hey, I remember that time when the wheel got pushed and then I was almost stabbed or, you know, when this is going to happen in the future of the books. And this person's almost going to get stabbed. And yeah, it's a it's it's a strange little chapter. It's fun, like arbitrarily, like not right. looking too deep into it. It's a fun little chapter. <laughs> but, I think we're getting way deeper into it than we're meant we've got, to. Our psyches have been like probed by this chapter for some reason. <laughs> uh. I would love to like listen to other like chapter by chapter podcasts about this chapter because yeah. like I'm just wondering. It's <laughs> a fun project to embark on. I don't know what it is about this one that's like tripping up a little bit. But it feels like it's asking us to, like, just pause everything else and just come to Hogwarts and get some background information. And we're not good at pausing. No. (laughs) We're not pause type of people. (laughs) Move forward and... (laughs) As long as the captions are on, I'm just going to keep going. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, I hope that there is something of an episode that everyone has been listening to at this point. I'm not sure, but I hope that you all enjoyed this episode, bizarre as it has been, and that you will join us next week to discuss Chapter 6, Gilderoy Lockhart. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, where we'll be on the Veil Pod, and on Twitter, where we'll be on the Veil MN, and we're also on Patreon. So come find us. Come hang out. We always said ficus to each other, and I, we could never figure out why it was a thing. Well, you said what? But the actors would say break a leg, and all the techies would say ficus. Ficus. <laughs> like the plant. <laughs> <laughs> There's like all these theories of where it came from, but it was even whenever I went to do a spotlight op for the community theater, mm-hmm. and a lot of people there were saying it too. So it's just like a Spokane thing. It's so cool. <laughs> it was so weird. The local lingo. I would just say ficus. Because the thing was, like, you don't say break a leg to techies because then they'll actually break a leg. <laughs> like, literally. Right. I almost it's... fell off the stage carrying my tuba because it was so big. <laughs> Why did you pick a tuba? Because uh, I'm such a pick-me girl in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm so You just different. had to be different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sir. Why am I picking an animal? Um, because we can't focus. We're allergic to focus. <laughs> We're allergic to staying on topic. Focus. <laughs> and-